speaking with Emmy-nominated composer Silas Haidt, who has uh, worked on some amazing commercials, uh, video games, TV, and film projects throughout his career. Uh, some of his solo projects include Hopelessly in June with Keith David and Ed Asner, uh, the documentary Robert Williams' Mr. Bitchin, and the upcoming Smothered. Uh, Silas is also a big collaborator with Mark Mothersbaugh and has contributed, contributed a lot on Mark's scores. In addition to being a composer, he is also an accomplished artist whose illustrations and paintings have been shown in growing numbers of galleries. Uh, Silas, thanks so much for uh, speaking today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I would love to know uh, how you got into music and what led you to uh, film composing. Well, I was drawn to music as a child and I started studying uh, jazz drums when I was about 11. And from there I just picked up different instruments. My father plays a lot of instruments um, from guitar to bass to drums, harmonica. He's always picking up different things. And so I think that was an inspiration. And then my uncles are in Devo and I think I grew up listening to them from a young age and just sort of had the feeling that music was always around and part of my family and something that anyone could do. And so I was drawn to it young. And then I studied uh, composition and percussion performance as well as art in college and uh, then moved to Los Angeles because, you know, that's where it's at. <laughs> be scoring films and I got an internship at Mutato, my uncle's studio, got my foot in the door there. He gave me a shot and worked my way up from smaller projects to larger ones. Uh, awesome. So um, so as a composer, what does music mean to you personally? Oh, It's everything. It's what I do when I'm quote-unquote working and when I'm quote-unquote not working. There's mm -hmm. not really much of a separation. It's just, it's just what I do. Um, I realized when I was younger... Um, that when I had nothing that I had to do, like um, you know chores or I don't know obligations to other people or whatever, I I asked myself, you know, what do I what do I find myself doing? And it was always picking up an instrument and you know playing around, making something up. And I thought maybe that's what I should uh, you know dedicate my life to. And so I did. Cool. Um, so now, since you're both a sonic and visual artist, I was wondering if you keep those parts of your brain completely separate, or do they ever cross over? Like, especially since you write music for a visual medium. I think music and art both flow from the same place in my brain, and um, whether I'm creating a song or a drawing or a piece of score, it's about shaping it. And um, I always think of it sort of like a sculpture where you're just whittling away, whittling away until you get to that perfect form. And I, I, music is very visual for me. And it, uh, it's not done until it, I close my eyes and it looks right. So is there, is there anything that you can't express through music that maybe you can express through painting or drawing? Or do you find them to be kind of equal uh, venues of expression? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I feel like because I spend about... 80 to 90 percent of my time making music um, that I'm better at expressing my ideas through music but yes there's definitely things that can be expressed you know more easily through drawing or painting um, obviously you know visual things if I want to show someone something um, you know it could be easier that way and I think there's an interesting crossover there between like um, you'll see this a lot in like older experimental music scores where the scores are, you know, works of art in themselves, and they're trying to express what the music is doing, and the music is very non-traditional. And I think there's an interesting crossover there. Cool. Um, I, I can barely uh, draw a stick figure, but when I write, edit, or direct, 
I use film scores as my kind of creative inspiration. So sounds sort of influence, I guess, my visuals. So I guess flipping it from a music standpoint, what influences your music the most, especially when you're working on a film? Is it the story, the setting, the characters? What really kind of speaks to you loudly in those first few moments when you're kind of crafting your sound? Hmm. I think usually, um, you know, I'll speak with the director ahead of time and already have a little bit of a sense of the film and then I'll watch it and the pacing, the mood, um, even the t in deriving some of that from the temp music as well, mm. I'll pull all of that in, but it all kind of works together and the actors, like, you know, how much emotion they're putting in or perhaps if they're lacking and it needs a boost, you know, the music can do that. So. I'm sort of soaking all that in, and then I try not to really overthink it, and I'll usually have an idea of what instrument I want to start with, and then I just throw my hands on the keyboard or on the guitar or you know drum set or whatever it is, and then just sort of uh, let it start coming out, and I try not to really overanalyze that first step too much and just go for it, and usually, you know, I've, I've come to trust my instincts, and usually, uh, I would say 99% of the time, that first impulse is correct. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of people go with their gut. I was going to say that your first instinct usually the right one. So It wasn't always that way. I think you know it took time to develop that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's something that once you trust it and go with it, I think it's, uh, it becomes the most pure sort of expression and, and, and often the best piece of music that you could write. I think when you when you start refi or, uh, revising something, you know, multiple, multiple times, you may touch, you know, it may help the picture in some ways. And if you have a good director and get good feedback, that's certainly part of it and it can get better. But a lot of times that first pure creative reaction can be the best thing. So you also have worked on a lot of commercials, uh, very huge campaigns behind a lot of, uh, you know, big products and companies. And I know that's a very kind of not often discussed aspect of scoring but it is it's part of media and um so i think it would be quite a challenge to like hone down something into you know 15 or 30 seconds you know what goes into writing a commercial and what kind of uh process is that yes i think it's an excellent process for any composer i've learned it um i've done many many commercials and many many more commercial demos that didn't end up selling or whatever but um, just the experience of writing for a 30-second or a 60-second spot is invaluable. Um, it makes you really think about the economy of your piece of music, meaning that every piece needs to be there for a reason, and it needs to be um, interesting enough to keep the listener's attention, but not so interesting that it you know, um, just detracts from the short message that's being delivered. And uh, it's all about delivering just a clear, concise, you know, piece of music, and it's much harder said than done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it is it hard to kind of because uh, you're working with a lot of clients, I'm sure, and uh, they have this kind of idea of what they want versus uh, what what you have, what you want to do. Do you have to kind of make your music fit into their kind of uh, plan for the product and everything? Yeah, most of the time, um, they have a pretty clear idea or a lot of direction. Um, I would say that more often commercials are, you know, you're sort of completing their vision where as opposed to a film, a lot of times, you know, hopefully you're lucky enough to get directors that really want to work with you because they like your vision right. and you get to really put your stamp on it. 
a lot of times that can happen with commercials, and it does sometimes, certainly. But there, there are many times also where it's like, you know, it this music really needs to serve the picture in these specific ways, yet be interesting and creative. You know, make it happen. And there's a lot of direction, a lot of input, and it's certainly not for the faint of heart or people who can't take criticism and feedback because there are many people. Um, from the client to the create the ad agency to a music, sometimes a music house as an intermediary, many different people giving feedback and direction, and you have to be able to take it and you know assimilate it all and make it sound very natural. And you know, <laughs> it, it can be a challenge. But I think it's a challenge that every composer can benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, you've also worked uh, with Mark Mothersbaugh uh, on many of his scores, and he's also, you know, your uncle as well. Uh, what is it? What's it like working and you know learning from a family member? Oh, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, the family aspect was interesting. I think we sort of put the family thing on hold once I started working there for the benefit of not only us but you know the other coworkers and stuff like that, and. Uh, you know, I definitely started out as an intern and had to prove myself, and then they gave me musical projects to prove myself on until I worked my way up to you know full composer. But um, it was fantastic. He's he had been doing it for many years before I came into the building, and so he had you know, tons of experience to share everything from you know musical guidance and direction, and um, even contacts with like, yes, I know a, a tuba player who's great at that particular style. You need you know to. Uh, <laughs> To the business aspects of how to handle different types of contracts and different types of, uh, like directors, for example, dealing with a film director is very different than dealing with an audio director on a video game, okay. that kind of thing. So it was great. Uh, my uncle Bob Mothersbaugh also worked there, and he's also in Devo, and he was great. I worked with him on some cartoons, and he was he's exceptional at it. I learned a lot from him. And then there was other composers and engineers there that were also older than me that I learned a lot from. So it was a fantastic place to work and I was there for about seven years and then went freelance about four years ago and I've been doing it on my own. But I'm glad I started in a place like that where I was able to pull from so many experienced people and learn so much. I think it was um, you know, invaluable. Right. I think that's the best way to learn too is immersing yourself with people who are doing it and learning from them. It's kind of probably better than a, you know, a college class or anything like that. It was great. I mean, I, college definitely prepared me to be able to hang in certain scenarios there, but uh, yeah, just nothing like on-the-job training. And also, we had so much work coming through. I mean, there were multiple deadlines every day for commercials, video games, movies, TV shows. You know, so it was nonstop. There was a lot of learning under pressure, which uh, <laughs> was great. <laughs> so, uh, what what current projects are you working on now? What's in the pipeline for you? Oh, lots of good stuff. Um, a lot of it I can't talk about because of like NDAs and stuff, but got a couple of films coming up, some TV projects. Um, I'm working on a mobile video game and um, uh, demoing for a large video game at the moment. Um, always tons of commercials, doing lots of commercials, which is great. And working on a few albums. Um, I get hired a lot to produce songs for people, um, so I'm doing that. I'll either co-write or um, just produce it. Uh, yeah, so lots of fun stuff. I mean, that sounds like a great uh, variety of things, too. So you're always kind of keeping it varied and, I guess, stimulating as well for your creativity. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted. Um, and that's what drew me to composing is there's a lot of different um, things, you know, different types of media to compose for. And then that's also part 
the reason I left the first studio, Mutato, that I worked at, because I also wanted to work with singers and songwriters and do more, more song-based things, which we had a little opportunity to do there, but not as much. So I've been able to do more of that now that I'm uh, freelance. Well, to wrap up, I always like to ask composers uh, this one question. And uh, so if you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer or the score itself, what film would you choose? I would love to do any of Wes Anderson's movies. Oh, <laughs> perfect choice. His, oh my God, I love, especially what Mark did with them. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time today. It was such a, a great uh, experience and, um, and uh, an honor to, to speak with you. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I enjoyed it.